Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben Brandell, and this is another Thursday episode. Today, we are going to be talking about pre-spawn bass fishing. We have had several trips over the last few weeks focusing on pre-spawn bass. We're just getting to that time here locally where we're kind of right on that line between pre-spawn and spawn, but we want to share some tips and tricks, things that work for us, and really kind of maybe even get into a little bit of the science about what the pre-spawn is and why bass do what they do. But before we dive in, we need to give thanks. I want to thank to anyone who follows the prompts of God. When you feel like God is prompting you to do something and you go out, you step out and do that, I want to thank you for doing that because it impacts everyone around you. It even impacts people that you don't even know. You know, to me personally, I feel like I'm living in some crazy times. There's things that are flipped upside down that don't make sense. Saw a TikTok video of one of our senators and representative praising God on the on the steps of our official buildings. Yeah, it, was our, like, it was our Capitol building. Our, our Capitol building yeah. and, and just uh, he was prompted to do that. There are people that, even though they feel those prompts, even as Christians, they don't do it. They run from it. They're terrified. And it impacts. It harms. It hurts. And so when we are doing what God's calling us to do, um, it impacts people positively. It's what's supposed to happen. And I just I want to thank everyone that is stepping out in faith. My thanks today is for my church. For a lot of years, I prayed for a place that felt like home, a place that I could be a part of, um, to worship shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of other broken people that love Jesus, and God finally led me to that, and so I want to shout out Fellowship Bible Church of the Ozarks, and I'm I'm so thankful to call that place home, and this last weekend we celebrated Easter, and it was just such an awesome time celebrating what Jesus did, uh, the sacrifice that he paid our debt. Um, we could never pay it, and he paid it for us. And I was just so thankful to stand beside all those people and, and raise our hands in the air um, and worship our king. It is awesome when you can do that with a group of people. And I guess that's another thanks I have, that we still have the opportunity to freely do that in the open. So praise God on that. But getting back to our topic, you know, you told everyone we're going to be talking about pre-spawn today, Brian. Yes, pre-spawn. But what in the world does that even... What is pre-spawn? That's, that's a weird word if you don't got well, fish. Right. Well, we know the word pre means before. Oh, so okay. if we're looking at spawn, what is spawn? And that is the, the breeding time, the breeding season for, for bass. Largemouth, spotted bass, smallmouth bass. I bring up all three of those because our home lake, Table Rock Lake, uh, it has all three and, and pretty good numbers of all three. But pre-spawn is right before they go up and spawn, before they lay their eggs and and actually mate. It's that stage right before that. And the reason it has its own stage, because it is different from the winter time. There's this deep cold when the water's in the 30s and 40s, and these bass are suspended out in the deep, really just abyss of nowhere. They come up to these pre-spawn locations right before they move up into the shallow, shallow areas and lay their eggs. So when you're saying deep, how deep are you talking? Well, Table Rock, you know, we have places that are 200 feet deep, 100 feet deep. Uh, we have graphed fish multiple times that are in 100 feet plus, and they're suspended down there at like 60 feet, just hanging out, not moving a whole lot. Uh, the water temperatures are really cold. They're lethargic. But as we get into spring and the photo period, more minutes of light in the day starts to increase those shallow waters become warmer than those deeper waters, and these fish start to move up looking for those areas. So when we get from winter to spring, you're saying in the spring we have longer periods of sunlight. Correct. Which starts raising the temperature of the water, and that is a part of the spawning process, which lends to the pre-spawn? Right. So the... For bass to spawn, they have to have sunlight on their eggs. Well, is this for any fish, all fish, or is this just bass? 
it right now we're just talking about bass. There are other fish that spawn very similar ways to bass. But as we talked about in our last uh, fishing episode, white bass fishing, white bass are very pelagic. They move a whole bunch and they don't make beds and spawn. They actually are going to go up to current and lay their eggs on a, a hard surface and current much more like salmon. Whereas black bass species are actually making a bed in the shallow, laying eggs and uh, I'm going to call it stagnant, but in an area that doesn't have a lot of current because they don't want their eggs swept away. They want them to hatch right there and be guarded. Um, but they have to have sunlight to those eggs. And so the sunlight is going to come down. They have to have the most sunlight at the right temperature of water for those eggs to uh, incubate and, and hatch. So I'm going to put you on the spot here because we haven't talked about this. Why is it called a bed when all other animals, it's called a nest? Mm. <laughs> I know you may not have an answer to it, but I have always wondered why we call them fish beds. And, and that is what we're talking about today. If, if we're talking about beds, which is actually a nest, it's a place where they're putting their eggs, just like you would find birds make a nest to lay their eggs in. The bass are doing that, but they're doing that yeah. on the bottom. I um, guess because they're not physically building a nest like a bird does they're not physically building anything they're just kind of clearing out a spot like if you go out in the forest and and rake away the leaves i'm not saying you're making a nest to lay down on you're making a bed to lay down on so yeah, maybe. maybe just because it's give like that a spot you, they clear out you know a kill deer that was on the spot man kill, you put me on the spot i know because kill deer lay their eggs right on the ground yeah, kind of, yeah. They <laughs> anyway, it was a trick. Hey, you did good, though. I'm proud of you. Way to try to <laughs> pull to something out. come up with something. I don't know why they're called fish beds, but that is what we're talking about. When yeah. we're talking about beds today, we're talking about a nest. Yeah, and you will actually you can actually walk through an area when the spawn is happening and, and see these circular light-colored areas where they have removed uh, any moss or algae. They come in and they, they fan their tails and they make this kind of circular. Generally, it's a circular-shaped area. That is a, a kind of a white spot. So what you look for uh, with a rocky bottom. They like those hard st- substrate bottoms. So why is this such an awesome time? The pre-spawn, right before they move up to make these beds and lay their eggs, why is it such an awesome time to fish? Well, it's an awesome time to tournament fish because the bass are as heavy as they're going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're wanting to catch some heavy weight now is a great time to yeah. go catch them. The females are developing these eggs, and you'll literally catch them, and it looks like they just ate a softball. Swollen. I mean, their stomachs are so swollen, mm-hmm. and that's actually it's actually eggs. They've been developing those, and, and they are ready. I mean, honestly, some of them I've caught are so swollen, it looks like it hurts. It does. Yeah. It looks like it hurts. Tight. And, and maybe they're just ready to get up there and, and get these eggs out. And then after they do, in the post-spawn, when you catch one, I mean, people use the term paper thin. It's crazy the how polar that is. They'll just be like as thin as your hand mm-hmm. when when two weeks ago they looked like they were going to explode. Exactly. You know, and some of them, when we're talking about looking like it explodes, you can actually see when they are that tight, that ready – you actually see some eggs yep. popping out of the cloaca. The cloaca. Yeah. Yeah. So it's such a good time to catch big fish. A lot of people break their their personal best, their their best fish that they've ever caught, their heaviest fish this time of year, because they are going to weigh more. If you catch this same fish, say you catch a, a seven and a half pound fish right now, if you catch her in a month, she might only be six and a half. Mm. I mean, they, they lose that much weight. And it's a great time to catch them, but also they're really predictable right now. That's it's kind of predictable on what baits you can catch them on. It's predictable and where they're located. So for me, it's an awesome time to go get a whole bunch of bites. Like if you want to go get bit twenty to fifty times in a day, maybe even a hundred times in a day, this is a great time of year to do that because you can locate where these fish are going to be. That's if you know your lake in those locations. So what is predictable though is is Terms and, and things of saying like they're going to be on secondary points, right? Um, on bluff ends, you know, those are things that you're looking for to find certain fish. Yeah, a great way to do that if you go out one spring and you find fish during the spawn that are on beds, then you know a pre spawn location is close because it's close by, they're going to move from depth 
to these pre-spawn locations and just wait for that right time to move up. So they're not going to go really, really far. So if you know where beds were last year, either mark it, make a GPS point, put it in your graph if you have a boat, or just mark it down in your brain. I have years and years of spawning places in my, in my brain on my mm-hmm. lake. Some of them, it's like just driving by. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember there used to be a whole bunch of fish on beds in there yeah. 20 years ago. Just kind of catalog those away however you can and know that come out towards the deeper point, more of the main river channel where the river used to be in the lake, and you're going to find some pre-spawn areas. Usually, like you say, Ben, those main lake points, those first points, and those second points off of the main channel. If you can find areas where the channel bends and breaks right into some of those points, there's almost always fish on these highland reservoirs like Table Rock Lake. If the channel bends and hits a, a main lake point, there's going to be fish on it during the pre-spawn. And, and that's what we're saying predictable. We know they're going to be there for a couple reasons because the lake temperature is changing. It's in the springtime. It's getting warm. It's getting cold. It's getting warm. It's getting cold. It's getting warm. It's getting cold. And so these fish react to that. If it's going to get warmer, they're going to move off that bluff end into that shallow water which is where I love to catch the fish. But then on your colder days, your multiple colder days, or your cool, cool evenings, as the temps drop, it's going to move those bass back out to that deeper water. And so those fish are moving from deep to shallow, deep to shallow, really suspending a lot of times, hanging off these bluff ends, ready to move. And so you can't always catch them on the bluff ends always, but once they make their move, it's like, now I'm going to be able to catch them a little bit better. So the question then to answer when is, when is the pre-spawn? How do you know when that is for your area, wherever you're listening? Because obviously it's not the same here as it is in Florida, and it's not the same in, in Wisconsin as it is here in southern Missouri. The best way to do that is water temperature. Mm-hmm. When you start to get the longer days, the photo period is getting longer, the more sunlight, the water temperature is going to start to warm up and Dirtier water, so water with less clarity, warms up faster than clear water. Clear water takes a long time to hold that solar energy. There's not as many particles in it to actually grab the sunlight and hold on to it. If the water gets into the mid-40s and is on the rise, it continues to go up, bass are going to get into those pre-spawn areas. They're going to start to move up to those pre-spawn areas. They understand the days are getting longer. I shouldn't say they understand. They feel. They don't have an understanding. They don't even have the part of the brain that provides understanding. They feel. It is their instinct to, to know the days are getting longer. So, so they react, they don't act. Correct. They're <laughs> they definitely are. reacting to longer days and increasing water temperature. Also, you can kind of go backwards too from the spawn because it's pre-spawn. So right before that would be when, right before the spawn would be when the pre-spawn is. So you can kind of go back to years past knowing, marking some dates on the calendar when you saw fish on beds. It's so visible. You can know when it happens. Mark down uh, water temperature, those types of things, knowing that bass spawn now, today like you 60 have, degrees and above. Yeah, you have Google Maps. Um, you can definitely put in waypoints and marks and on there. But for me personally, what I've found is I do have a physical map of the lakes I fish, and I have marked these locations of spawn. You were talking earlier. You're like, if you just got to remember them, remember them. I can't remember all of them. <laughs> I remember the ones where I've caught my bigger fish, but I don't remember all of them. And the bigger fish could change just because that big fish is in that pocket this year. She may be, or a different one may be in a pocket next to. So mark them down on a physical map you have. And then you can also, on those maps, write down or keep notes on the side and leave them with your maps. Water temperatures, the time of day, all that information. But each spring is so different. You know, I think it was the last couple years I feel like we literally went from winter to summer. Like, we didn't even hardly have a spring. The temps just went crazy. Whereas this year, our spring is is actually kind of feeling like a spring. Like, it's we're going to have a longer spring where we have these cooler evenings, and then we get these warmer days, and it's happening in multiple, multiple days. And so I am excited for this spring to see how it is going to be different, how the spawn is going to be different than years past. You know, Brian was talking about watercolor. Um, I've got a buddy, Jay Truett, fished a tournament last weekend. And in that tournament, it was on a one of our coldest water systems that we have here in the Ozarks. It's actually uh, Lake Tanicomo. And it was a little kayak tournament, but he caught a five-pounder. And I was like, congrats, well, how did you do it? And he said, well, it was right after the flood. And this waterway is pretty swift. They've they're got the dam open. They're letting water out. And in this, in this cold water, it's got a lot of grass. It's a grassy waterway. It was so muddy 
but he said there was an actual line. He said on one side it was clear, on the other side it was muddy. Right. And he said, we caught all of our fish in the muddy side. Mm-hmm. Which, I get it, because your temperatures are going to be warmer. Water warmer, yeah. You actually can catch fish better in, we'll just call it stained water, because they can't see you. You know, you're, when you have a boat over the top of them. Matter of fact, today we saw a local guy down uh, from Arkansas. He could see 18 feet. Yeah, Bull Shoals Lake has 18-foot visibility right now. So from the top of the water down to 18 feet, you could see rocks on the bottom. That is crazy visibility. So if you're pre-spawn fishing, that may hurt you. However, once you move from pre-spawn into spawn, now that's what we're looking for. Yeah. And so you got to be ready for those changes. That's what spring's all about. The problem with that, though, is when fish do spawn in clear water, they spawn deeper. Yeah. They They... They somehow know where they're getting enough sunlight for their eggs to incubate. They instinctively know that location. And so if they need to be really up shallow and dirty water, I mean, and really, really like chocolate milk water, they'll be fish spawning. We'll make the joke their backs out of the water, but it's not really a joke. Sometimes you can literally see the fins on their back out of the water because they have to be that shallow, like down in Florida and some of these areas that have really murky, muddy water. But on these clear water lakes, especially smallmouth, they're known for spawning deeper anyway. It may be 10, 12 feet where their bed is, and you're seeing it down there. It's so difficult to see because they are getting enough sunlight in that clear water at that depth. You know, that is another thing that you have to be really paying attention to these basses beds are always going to be in direct sunlight they cannot be hidden under something or in something they have to be out in the direct sunlight so you know when you're looking at docks if you're looking at anything that's going to be blocking any of that sunlight they're not going to right. make a bed tucked up underneath it they may be up against it for against protection it? Sure. but they're not yeah. going to be perfectly up underneath. because they have to have that sunlight that you're talking about so you know pre-spawn is what we're talking about today and so if you're already starting to see fish up on those beds, then you may be in a little bit of pre-spawn and spawn. You may be in that early part. Right. So what do we do, Brian? What is it? What are we looking for when you go on? Well, you when you and I are going out to to pre-spawn fish. Right. What are we looking for? Where are we going? What are we going to start seeing when we're catching fish? Just like anything in the outdoors, um, wife tails isn't a good word. There are. Some environmental things that you can look at. Good old boy myths. Not not really myths because there's a little truth to them, but they're not really scientific, but they're a little bit scientific. So you're kind of like saying when a snapping turtle bites you, it won't let go till the till it hears thunder. Right. It's not <laughs> it, something like that. But one of those that you hear all the time is if the dogwood trees are blooming, the bass are on beds. There is a little truth to that. And the truth to that is that the spring. <laughs> they have similar, they're reacting to similar photo periods. Oh, okay. Bass spawn at a similar time that dogwoods bloom. So you can start looking. However, we were down last week and yeah. there were no bass on beds. But Not there, in the area we were at. Right. Right. There were no bass on beds, but there were definitely a lot of pre-spawn bass and the, there were dogwoods that were blooming. Yeah. There were. Yep. There were. But generally, if dogwoods are blooming... That's when you want to start looking. You want to start looking for that. But there are other factors that come in, like maybe a late frost after the dogwoods butted out, and then they don't even bloom. And the ones that do bloom, bloom really late. So you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. But general rule of thumb, if the dogwoods are blooming, the bass are on beds. But most of all, you want to look at water temperature. If you talk to 50 pros, you're going to get... 50 different answers on this. Yeah. When bass move up, when do they spawn? Some of them are going to say, oh, 61.5 degrees. 61.5, you know they're on bed. Some of them are going to be like, yeah, once the water hits 60 and above, I'm looking for beds. That's kind of a general rule of thumb. 60 degrees, surface temp, you're going to have bass to start making beds. Anything before that, you know they're pre-spawn. If they're not on beds, they're pre-spawn. Some of them are going to say it's strictly photo period. And there is evidence for that because there are areas in the south where bass will spawn in February and the water's only 52 degrees because of uh, they've had cooler temperatures, but the days have gotten really long. And 
moon phases is another one you hear a whole lot about. If the moon phases are right, some people will say, well, if the water is above 55 and we get seven days of stable weather conditions, I know they're spawning. You're going to hear all kinds of things. I personally think that all of those are variables in it and they kind of have to all align up because here locally, the bass spawn generally about the same two-week period every single year. It's like the middle of April, basically from the second week of April to the beginning of May, and somewhere in that time, you're going to have this flood of bass. Now, do all these bass go into pre-spawn, out of pre-spawn at the same time, Ben? No. No, it's stages, right? Correct. A lot of people think that the bigger fish are going to spawn first. So your six, seven, eight pounders, they think they're going to come up and spawn first. But we know an important, important part of bass fishing, if you want to go get bites, is to know that the males, the bucks, they're called bucks, they are going to move up first. They are actually the ones that come up to make the beds. Mm -hmm. So right now, I shouldn't say right now. Last week when we went, we knew it was heavy pre-spawn, but the spawn is just around the corner because we were fishing shallow. I'm going to say eight feet and less. Yeah, zero. Although, we were. <laughs> yeah, I was. But I was fishing in the mud, you know, up in the dirt. Yep. And then all the way out to eight feet for sure. Yeah. And did we do any good? We caught a lot of fish. We caught a lot of bass, but they were all males. And right. Male bass are smaller than females. Mm-hmm. So all of these fish were like 13, 14 inches. We were getting a lot of bites, but none of these bigger females. Now, the week before, we had fished a little deeper and caught some of those bigger females. We did. And they were swollen with eggs. So another sign that we're in the pre-spawn, they're not up laying yet. We're catching these smaller bucks right now. But what is so awesome about the pre-spawn, if you just want to go out and set the hook, these dang bucks are easy to catch, man. Oh, and it was so much fun. Yeah. It was. But when you catch that many, though... You get to that point where you're kind of like, well, now that we've figured it out. Yeah, after 15 or 20, you're like, where are the big girls? Right, yeah. yeah. It's like, all right, now now we, we know what's happening here. Let's go catch some bigger ones. And trying to move off of that, we realized we'd had to start fishing deeper. We'd had to fish deeper to catch some of those sounds. And that's, mo- that's almost always the case. During the pre-spawn, when the bucks move up shallow, by the time you've caught your fifth or sixth 14, 15, 16-inch male bass, Another way you know that they're a male bass during the pre-spawn, if you catch them up shallow when you're taking them off the hook, if they're peeing everywhere, it's not not actually pee, and <laughs> it's the other thing that's needed during yeah, mating that's, season. That's white, and uh, you know that you know that you're catching these these male bass. Move out just a little deeper, like five to ten feet deeper, and the water column in the same location that these bucks are, and you're going to start catching some of those bigger females. So if we are fishing eight feet up to the dirt, as Ben says, we moved out and we didn't have time. We had to leave, but right there towards the end, we're like, well, where are these females out? We moved out and I started graphing in 16 to 25 and all these females were suspended out there, kind of pushing some shad around. So they were right there. So our tournament fishermen right now that are putting up these 20 to 25 pound bags, they're going down some of these deeper banks with crankbaits and jerkbaits and putting together big tournament bags of females. You said suspended, suspended. So now you're kind of switching some stuff up. Help us to understand a little bit because, you know, again, we're going from winter to spring. So in the wintertime, all of our bass are going deep. Not all of them. You can catch some bass shallow, but we're talking about the big yeah. bass. Majority of them are going deep in the wintertime. And so they're going to then, from that deep side, as it's working its way towards spring, they're going to be coming up using rivers. They're going to be using the channels within all these systems. And they're going to be coming up to stage on the bluff ends, sometimes on the secondary points. And they're hanging out there so that they can then go into the shallower water on warmer days. They're going to come back and go out in the deeper on some of the colder days, waiting for everything to be right Yep. to get up there shallow to spawn. Now, you have several days, sometimes weeks, on this whole process. Then while the spawn's happening, you may still have some pre-spawn happening, spawn happening, and then at some point, we're getting into all three. You've got a pre-spawn, spawn, and post-spawn. So. Right you're starting to have to put things together while you're on the water. But I also want to bring up that you have some different areas that Brian's been talking about. He's talking about shallow. He's talking about these fish may be out suspended. 
And so, Brian, kind of describe for us, before we talk about some of the baits and how we process through those baits, what do we mean by shallow and suspended? What are these fish physically doing and why are they going out and suspending? Right. So fish are either at the top, they're suspended in the middle of the water column, so between the surface and the bottom, or they're on the bottom. And that changes based on several factors. Sunlight can can change that. Wind can change where they're located. The forage that they're foraging on, their main forage for that time of year or that day can change that. Electronics are great at showing you that. If they're slammed on the bottom, electronics, it's a hard time to pick that up. But if you're fishing some of those areas where you think that fish should be and you're getting bites with bottom baits, that kind of is your your giveaway You tell, telling you that. But electronics, a lot of times, if they're right, right on the bottom, don't pick that up. But those suspended fish are really easy to see on electronics. Okay, so you're bringing in some more stuff now because now you are bringing in baits. So I want to help people understand that we have baits that we use that's on the top. Uh They are called topwater. (laughs) So we have topwater baits. Then we have baits that we use that help suspend. There are suspended baits, or we're going to keep them in the range of these suspended fish. And then we have baits that we use that we're fishing right on the bottom because there are fish that hang right next to the bottom. So there are those three types, top, suspended, and bottom, but then we also get into our fourth that I'm calling bed because there are some baits that you use for bed fishing and that bed style fishing for me is different than top water, suspended, or bottom fishing. And I know this is a pre-spawn episode, but you mentioned <laughs> I know <laughs> you mentioned bed fishing or also known as sight fishing. Yeah, I can't wait. And when you, get, when you talk to bass fishermen, you're, there's two types. There are bass fishermen that hate bed fishing, and then there are bass fishermen that love bed fishing. You, get you, you only get two types. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, I got goosebumps thinking about it. Like, bed fishing is so much fun to me. It's so visual, especially how clear our water usually is. You can see these fish. You watch them react to different colors and different sizes and different movements of baits that you're throwing at them. It's like bringing in... You know I love to hunt. Mm-hmm. I'm all, I love hunting. It is like bringing in hunting and fishing and mashing them together. And I mean, every they say humans have five senses, but I feel like I got like 25 <laughs> senses going off when, I, when I'm sight fishing. I love it so much. Um, and we're right around the corner from that. Pre-spawn is such a fun time to get a whole bunch of bites, mm-hmm. but sight fishing is such a great time. You may only go get five bites sight fishing or two, but just the interaction and the visual and, and just the keyed up senses of it. I, I feel like God made me for it, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> I, I completely agree. There's one more piece into this, though, that I, I just came to my mind of, like, competition. Yeah. The, the competition that's taking place right now because there's more than just black bass doing stuff in the spring. And Brian was talking about that earlier, all these different fish. But you're talking about competition of your food, the the food that they're looking for and they need. So like this is an awesome time to go out because they may hit baits. They may be hitting those moving baits. You're, you may be fishing for white bass and you may catch more studs than you've ever caught a black bass because they're of that competition. Like (laughs) you have some bass that are hanging in these river systems. They don't ever leave. And all of a sudden they're like, what's going on? There's thousands of white bass coming up and now you got walleye and here's crappie coming up in these, in our uh, suspended trees. Like there is so much competition taking place right now at this time of year too, that it's just such an awesome time to get out because you are going to catch different species of fish than you've ever caught before. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about, let's reiterate these locations for pre-spawn bass. And let's talk about oh, just a handful, four or five go-to baits that anybody that's serious in the bass fishing world at, at any, any level is going to have these baits tied on when they go out pre-spawn time of year let's do this with water temp let's start off with 50 degrees yes because when we're talking about pre-spawn you know brian and i are checking water temperatures we wish we could go out and fish every single day because if we were able to do that then we would get the live temperature we would actually find the fish on the electronics and we yeah. would be able to track them each day i but, want my kids to know they have a dad though so <laughs> i don't want them to that's be true. like dad loves these well, fish just take more them than with me. you yeah. take them with you then take um, them with you. but let's just start at like 50 degrees we're looking for 50 degree temps that's that's a great place let's to say start at. 50 degrees up to 60 degrees we'll, we'll say that and then let's go 50 to 55 and then 55 to 60 okay okay, okay. And, and the reason i say that is because you and i are fishing a tournament up north 
one year. Yeah. And we were looking for that 54, 55 degree to start throwing the crankbait. The crankbait, yeah. And crankbaits are, gosh, the pre-spawn is so killer. And, and let me tell you why I think that is. These fish have been out in deep, deep water, especially these bigger females. Your your four, five, six, seven, eight pound fish have been out in this deep, deep water, and especially before live scope, they're not really getting fished for all winter. There's not as many people fishing. They're in more difficult area to target. They're lethargic to even bite anyway, so they're not seeing as many baits. They're not getting fish for as much. So they're not seeing a bunch of crankbaits go by their head. They're not. They're not, yeah. So when they start to come up shallow, it's like they're not conditioned. And you start throwing square bills or uh, down here where we live, the wiggle wart and the spro rock crawler, rock crawler or rock grabber as some people call it. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty good at grabbing those rocks too. Yeah, they are. If you don't have a red one, a red crawfish pattern one tied on this time of year and somebody else does and they're biting that, you're probably not going to compete. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And and that's where we're looking for me. That's like that 54, 55 Throw it before that. Throw it at 53 degrees. You may still catch them, but we're talking, when we're seeing 50-degree temps, I'm going to start seeing guys throwing A-rigs. Alabama rig, you're throwing this big, heavy Alabama rig out suspended. If you love doing that, get out and do that. A lot of the tournaments don't allow Alabama rigs, so you don't get to see a whole lot of it. Yeah, and I love those tournaments because I'd rather smash my nose in a car door than fish (laughs) Alabama rig. Well, it is fun to catch two or three on one one (laughs) setup, but... It wears you out. So you're kind of looking at that Alabama rig, you know, then it kind of moves for me as, as the temperatures start getting a little bit warmer, that's when guys are starting to even throw like a single, a single, what we call a paddle tail swim bait. A paddle tail swim bait. Yeah. You know, they're going to start throwing those single, throwing them out, really looking for suspended or looking for timber. Throwing next to the parallel bluffs, you know, trying to kind of catch some of the suspension. You bring up a great point with that timber. When these these pre-spawn fish move up and they stage on these main and secondary points along the channel, they are looking for hard cover. When we say hard cover, we literally mean like docks and and timber and big laydowns that come way out in the water. They're looking for something hard to to hang out around the shad this time of year are really small. They haven't hit the shad spawn. They haven't grown. Shad grow pretty fast, but they're pretty small this time of year. So these paddle tail swim baits, a lot of guys this time of year are using like what 2.8. So they're like three inches. Yeah, these right. They're kind of downsizing these swim baits. I know a lot of guides here locally do that and they catch a lot of bass during the pre-spawn on just little shad colored paddle tail swim baits that are small enough to be thrown on a spinning rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's fun because it's I also bait. use it for white bass right it's fun because it's a moving bait so all you have to tell people to do is throw it out if you have an idea of where those fish are suspended let's say 10 feet then depending on your weight but let's just say it's quarter ounce and just say a second per foot you're going to count to 10 right. and start reeling it at, at eight and nine but, and reel that thing slow back in what's great about that is you can count a little longer because it is a weighted jig head mm-hmm. and let that thing get down to the bottom for these fish that are hanging close to the bottom and just reel it really slow kind of ticking the rocks on the bottom and you can catch those fish deeper in the water column too you know and on that suspended fish you also have guys today that are still drop shotting they're drop shotting for these matter of fact the MLF tournament. Dag <laughs> gum. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Anthony Gagliardi, they were on Lake Murray, which is like a legendary big bass lake. All these fish are up. They're spawning. These guys are catching big bass off beds, and there's a shad spawn going on, and they're catching fish in two and three feet of water on these muddy points. And this dude goes out with a drop shot and puts the smackdown on everyone. Mm, it was. It kind of shocked me, actually. Cause I think it shocked everybody. <laughs> right. I thought that the shallow bite would be the kicker, and it was still that deep, deeper bite, the drop with, shot bite. With live scope, I'm going to say live, with forward-facing sonar, so it's live sonar. You are seeing it as it is happening, and you are actually looking out in front of the boat. It is changing. So many guys are getting out there and having an understanding of where these fish are. So some of these fish we're talking about that don't get fished for, they're now getting fished for. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that maybe 
some of these shallower fish are not going to be as pressured right. because you and I are still these guys sitting beside behind a homemade desk without live scope. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So we don't we're not there yet. We would love to be, um, but we're we're building and working towards that. But these guys are learning some of these places that fish are holding year round. There's always fish out deep to be to be caught on things like drop shot even during the spawn it's winning tournaments. And so as 50 as that water turns to 50 degrees it's going to pull some of those deeper fish up. And then as we get that really that fluctuation like we talked about in the spring it gets hot and cold, hot and cold. You're ranging from 50 to 60 degrees. And so in between that when when Brian and I are saying that that wiggle wart, that rock crawler crankbait bite, we have found that for us it's like that 54, 55 degree parallel with bluffs and really ripping that thing through and trying to bounce it off the bottom and we have caught many keepers yeah. that way you know but that's that that's that bite that's taking place it's that um pre-spawn setup that these bass are doing um really depending on the conditions so a red crankbait that's going to dive you know around that nine to ten foot mark and then as they move up closer to spawn you can even move up to a square bill crankbait right. in a similar color that's going to just dive three or four feet but it needs to be getting down to the bottom it does and you do have to for us you have to have a wind yeah it, it needs to be that windy. little wind, little clouds makes yep. a, that crankbait bite great. What I see happen so often this time of year, because they are looking for that warm water, if you get a hot, abnormally warm day, let's say, you know, last week we actually had a couple days in the 80s. Mm-hmm. If you get a couple days in the 80s, especially if you have dirty water, by the afternoon, those fish, I figured that out, and those fish that are in 8 to 10, well, now they're in three feet, yeah. but just for the day. Yes. Not even for the whole day. I by evening, not even the whole day. By yeah. evening, they're sliding back out. They are. I mean, so they're they're fluctuating a little bit. But if you think about a fish's world, if you were down underwater with these fish, I mean, them moving from 10 feet to 2 feet is like not even... It's 20 feet, depending on the angle of the bank. It's not very far for them. It's not a big deal, but they know to find that warmer water. They want to be comfortable just like we want to be comfortable in our house when we're adjusting our thermostats. Right. Oh, absolutely. And and let's, let's change the thermostat. Let's say now that we're in, it's not windy, but we still are trying to hit some of these fish that are a little bit deeper. That's when Brian's going to throw his jerk bait, and you're going to start really getting into that jerk bait out on that, that really trying to move that bait over the top of their heads because hopefully they're looking up to see it. You know, right. I think you even throw a suspended um, jerk so, bait. Yeah, a, a deeper di- diving jerk bait. Right, right, one, right. one that's getting down there again, nine, ten feet. Um, I'm going to throw it on even some lighter line, like ten, eight, ten pound test. So it's getting down a little deeper. But I love this time of year to finding those cedar tree forests in the water. So find a, a, a cove that the channel comes up against and it's got a bunch of these, this pole timber or cedar trees and ripping this jerkbait through there and letting it just hang above their heads, they can't hardly resist it. It is a great way to catch some big bass in the pre-spawn. Yeah. And, you know, as the temps start warming up a little bit more, now we're, we are able to fish shallower water as those fish have moved into shallower water. And this is when I get really excited because I love a finesse jig with a little bit bigger craw for me, a trailer. Um, but you have chatterbait guys are throwing. Chatterbait or spinnerbait. Most guys these days are either one or the other. Ch- yep. But a, a, a vibrating chad pattern bait to move through some of that shallow cover. You know, if you are fishing a tournament, you got a buddy in the boat with you, have one guy throw a chatterbait, one throw a spinnerbait. You will pick up some different fish. It is a different vibration, different things. So yeah. try them. They're both awesome in the spring when, when the fish are moving up. Um, you know, when you're looking at the lay of the land and you see that dock you have a boat dock maybe off that bluff you know that's when i have tied on it isn't the best time for it but i do have a wacky rigged soft plastic stick bait tied on because i do love to throw it up under those docks in case those fish are suspended up under dock but it isn't something that i'm planning on using all day in the pre-spawn all right so we've got paddle tail swim bait yep Crankbait, particularly red in color. Always. We've got jerkbait. Yes. Deep diving, suspending jerkbait. You mentioned Alabama rig. Uh-huh. Can I say my favorite? This is our, our fifth one. This is our handful. Let it out. If I had to throw all baits away and just go pre-spawn with one bait, I am tying on a jig. Right. 
I'm tying on a jig. Right. I can fish. I like to use a 7 sixteenths ounce jig. I like to keep it kind of small this time of year. I don't like to get into these big, big. I like something small. And I'm going to throw this thing anywhere from 25 feet to throwing it on the bank and dragging it in the water. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the power of a jig during the pre-spawn. You can drag it out on some of these points and get big females. You caught one that was probably about four and a half pounds uh, about 10 days ago or so. Or I can flip it up in a bush and start catching these these buck bass all day long. You know, maybe you're fishing with somebody that's that's just like Brian and they're throwing a jig. And you want to throw a jig too. Then change something up. Look at what size craw they're using, the trailer on that jig, and switch it up. If Brian's going to use a little small craw-looking trailer, then I might throw on something a little bit bigger. Just to try to catch some of those fish that maybe are more finicky or... or don't want what he's having. Doesn't have the same vibration. Here's my bait. If I'm going to have to follow somebody, I am going to throw a Texas rigged soft, about a three inch stick bait, but I'm going to Texas rig it. And I'm going to tell you, if you try that, I can almost bet that you will catch a fish when no one else can. (laughs) So be ready. That is a bite getting rig i'll tell you so deadly but there are people you might instead have to of catch using that, 20 of them before well, you get the big one but. that's true yep but some people supplement or, or replace that and they don't even throw that at all maybe but most of these guys during this time are going to have a shaky head worm tied up and ready to be thrown yeah. because that you, you How do can you, i forget the dang shaky head man, because you're a jig that's you, been a powerful gosh, oh but you love the jig catching. jig is so good it is so Good, but for some of those finicky fish, especially in the Highland Reservoirs where the water's more and more clear, yeah, you're you right. You throw a shaky head out, gosh, you're going to clean up. Well, you can throw that shaky head on lighter line too. Sometimes uh, the pre-spawn bass can get finicky before they move up, and and the clear water, you've got to downsize that line to like eight pound. Um, and with the jig, you're going to break off a lot of jigs if you fish on that. So I like at least twelve for my jigs. I stick with like twelve to fourteen all the time. And if you're going to drop down to that shaky head to get a few more bites, you can fish it on like eight and you will catch some fish that you're not going to catch on the jig. But those are bottom baits. You're targeting those fish that are on the bottom. Yep. And you just have a fluctuation of, of there's so much happening right now in the spring. So if you're wanting to go out and do some pre-spawn fishing. It all happens so dang fast. There has been years that I have missed the fish getting up on the bed yeah. just because of being busy. Um, I'm keeping my ear to the ground this year. The first time I hear, or we're going to keep going down and, and checking, trying to go at least once a week. Uh, I, I got to get some sight fishing in soon. But even if they're not up on bed yet, this pre-spawn time, man, nothing is better than setting the hook and reeling them in. And this is a awesome time of year to do it. If you are new to fishing or you're trying to introduce kids, catching is actually really important because that's what gets them hooked. It's hard to explain the difference between fishing and catching, but if you can go out and get a few bites because there's a lot of fish biting right now, it's a great time of year to get them hooked on the sport, to get them involved in the outdoors for them to build this passion because they are going to do some catching along with their fishing. That's right. So you want them to get caught. I want them to get caught, right. <laughs> you know, if you are wanting to go fish this pre-spawn. So, so you can tell jokes like, where'd you catch all your fish at? In the mouth, Brian. <laughs> that's where you catch all your fish. Come on. But if you're wanting to pre-spawn fish, honestly, start looking at the water temps. Almost every lake has lake temperature. Somebody, some department, some organization is tracking water temperatures. And so get on, look at the water temperatures as your lake. 50 to 55, you know, that's a little slower for me. When I start seeing 55, 60, that's when I need to be out on that water. Right. Really trying all these things. If you're not able to fish every single day, then start there. And after you start there, then tie on some of those shallower baits. You know, maybe you have one one rod with a crankbait on it, so you can throw a little bit deeper. And then you're going to have another rod rigged up with maybe a jig or maybe that shaky head ready to fish some of that shallower water. I just thought of another reason I love this pre-spawn time of year so much. And that is all the other fish. You may be fishing for bass, and this has happened to us every trip that we've had so far this year. There's other species, too, that are moving up to do their their spawning thing. Crappie, walleye, white bass. 
you're going to accidentally catch some of these other species, and it's awesome. There have been, it hasn't happened quite yet this year. I thought it was about to, but there have been years past where I've been bass fishing and stumbled on a, a, a crappie hole accidentally caught a crappie and then found this was loaded with 20 of them and then you get this meal of crappie real quick and we've been catching some keeper crappie on bass baits recently mm-hmm. we have been catching bass on crappie and white bass baits while we were trying to target some of them so it's just this this smorgasbord this buffet of bass fish species i shouldn't say bass species of fish species moving up and and being more catchable than usual and Oh, it's just so fun. It is. It's it's easier to catch them, if I could say it that way. It's definitely easier. You know, Brian was saying that he had caught some crappie, you know, on some bass chicks. I want to share that this is the first time, this year is the first time that I caught a keeper crappie on a Texas rigged worm. It was crazy. I, usually I'm trying to throw these itty-bitty tiny little baits. And so to echo what Brian's saying, you if you have a bait tied on, and you are out fishing, whether it be on the bank, whether it be in a kayak, a canoe, a boat. If you have a bait tied on and you cast it out in the water during this time of year, something, maybe even a catfish, is going to bite. Right. Something. Yeah. Because it is that time of year. It's that time of year. And, you know, last week when we went, I think we ended up, we, which we really only got to fish for a couple hours, and we ran and checked the white bass first, and they weren't really doing their thing, so we're we jumped back down to the, the main lake and, and hopped into some main lake points and main lake cove right off the channel. And we started catching some fish right away and, and kind of put a pattern together and realized, you know what? Pre-spawn fish are predictable. If you're catching them here, mimic this area and another spot and you're probably going to get some more bites. So we put that together and the baits were kind of like everything that we've mentioned that we were catching fish. We caught fish on, we were struggling with the swim bait but then some fish came up busting some shad out in front of the boat and I just real quick switched rods throughout and caught, but jig was good. This Texas rig worm that you're talking about was good. We caught several on a crankbait. Uh, what else did we catch on? Did we catch on jerkbait? I think maybe one or two on a jerkbait. Didn't throw it a whole lot. No, we had a chatterbait. Chatterbait. You kind of, mm-hmm. you, every day, one or two of those baits will be a little bit better than the rest. And you kind of can work through all those based on the conditions, the level of sunlight, the wind, water temp, all of that stuff, time of day you're fishing even, uh, things that you're seeing around you. You'll kind of hone in on a couple of those baits, but we were able to catch on several of them. And that is another thing that's so beautiful this time of year is if there's a bait that you love to throw, there's a chance that you can go out and and catch fish on Mm -hmm. it. Exactly. And, get out and do it <laughs> get out and do it that's the biggest thing and so let, let's finish with this what do you have to have to be able to go take advantage of the pre-spawn i'm gonna tell you i was just sitting there thinking if i had to tell somebody what bait to tie on like if you only have one rod you want to go run to walmart and you're only going to get one thing well let's say let's say you were taking a friend that has just barely fished or this is their first time fishing and you were taking them uh, today, you're going to give them two baits. What are you giving them? Two baits. What am I giving them? I want something then that I can have them fish suspended. So some kind of moving bait of some sort. And my second bait's going to be something they can fish on the bottom. And so depending on you taking the person, what you're more comfortable about, I'm probably going to have somebody tie on a shaky head. I probably am because most people know how to fish the shaky head because right. all you have to do is throw it out and let it go to the bottom. Throw it out, keep it on the bottom, drag it. And drag it, yeah. yeah. And and you can, whatever favorite color worm you want to put on, um, some guys even try some bigger craws on that shaky head. It gives you some options there. Um, the second thing I'm going to have someone do is a moving bait, which for me, this time of year, I love a paddle tail bait. Love it. I have in the past used curly tail grubs. It's a moving bait. So whatever you want to throw out, and slow reel back to the boat next to suspended trees, or excuse me, next to any kind of tree under the water that is submerged. Um, if you happen to see schooling fish, like we have a, a shad bait ball out there, you're going to want to throw this past it and reel through and try to get some of those bass to come up and bite. Well, I think, that yeah, that'd be a great plan. I would say you'd probably definitely catch some fish. 
this is what I want to encourage everybody with to end. You don't have to have a boat. You don't have to have a kayak. You don't have to have a canoe. You need a fishing license. You do have to have that. Make sure you have a fishing license and you're following the regulations. You don't have to have a $200 bait casting combo. You don't even have to have fluorocarbon line. You can have a push button rod and reel that was your grandpa's. You need to get out. I feel like a lot of times it's so easy to make excuses. Yeah. We have this desire in us to be in the outdoors, but man, maybe it's a little drizzly today or maybe it's a little windy or man, there is this one other thing that I maybe could be doing. You need to get out. You need to spend time outdoors. You need to spend time with the creator. If you connect being by yourself in the outdoors, go spend some time by yourself and have your ears and your eyes tuned in to what God is saying to you when you're out there. I am a big proponent of taking people with you. If you know what you're doing, if you have some knowledge that you can share, invite somebody to go with you. Take part in some fellowship. If you are a parent, please take your children. I look around today and there are so many people doing so many other things when they could be spending time with their kids. Ben, you said it earlier. Take your kid. Yeah. If you want to go fishing, take your kid. Is it more work? Yeah. It is more work. But you know what? Someday they're not going to want to go with you. Someday they're going to be doing their own thing. That breaks my heart. Take them now. They want to go with you. They will remember it. You will remember it. It is so important. The things that are learned on fishing trips with your parents go far beyond fishing. So please take your kids. You know, just stopping at the local gas station on the way down the water is a memory. The the, the biscuit that you get. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, the you nasty, <laughs> the nasty gas station <clears throat> biscuits. Yeah. Kids are so sentimental. Oh. You don't understand what they're latching onto. Yep. Maybe put yourself and think back to some of those things. The the ninety nine cent stuffed animal that their aunt bought for them that they latch onto for ten years. Like they're so sentimental. It is so easy to connect to their hearts invite them, be involved with them. That's really all you have to do. So please, it is pre-spawn, moving into spawn, get the rod and reel. This is the best. There are so many public access areas to all waterways, no matter where you live in the United States. And this is the best time to use them because those fish are going to be moving up and using these areas. Yeah. If you're a bank fisherman or a dock fisherman, these fish are coming towards you right now. Think about where the these fish are coming out of the depths toward the shallows where humans have the most access. They are coming to the humans right now. Get out and take advantage of that. If meant to be outdoors, if Ben and Brian can help you in any way do that, whether it's just answering a question about what pole should I buy? What bait should I use? This is what I'm going to go do. We will, I guarantee you, if we see your message, we are going to take the time to answer it m2boutdoors at gmail.com. You can reach out and direct message us through Facebook or Instagram. You can go to our website, meanttoboutdoors.com, and find a phone number and call us. We will be so privileged and thrilled to answer any questions you have about spending time in the outdoors. Thank you so much for listening today. Follow along on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We put a lot of videos up about our time in the outdoors. We give tips and tricks for our podcast topics as well. If you would be so kind to help us, leave us a review on the podcast platform that you're listening. Hit the automatic download, subscribe button, so we can continue to grow the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Again, we are so thankful that you listened. We'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode. And as always, between now and that time, we hope that you find time to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.